from MPW Digital Network comes Cast Iron Table, the network's latest podcast for foodies. Look at the char we're getting. That that is what we're going for. Oh, isn't that hot, guys? Yeah, let's go with peppercorns. Thank you, because without peppercorns, it's not steak a poivre. <sighs> it can't be. Archer! By, like, definition. Today's show focuses on taste and drinks from the South, as well as some of your questions. I am not chugging beer. I'm sampling a flight of gluten-free German lagers with a French wine pairing. It's called a smorgasbein, and it's elegantly cultural. All right, Randy, you should probably lay off the old vine Chateauneuf de Pub. MPW Digital invites you to come sit down at Cast Iron Table with the Country Club of Oxford's executive chef, Jonathan Oliver, and the host of the program, Chase Parham. How intelligent do you have to be to take a food order? Ma'am, you're absolutely right, and uh, I apologize. I'm going to get this fixed for you right away. Welcome to Cast Iron Table. You're here on the MPW Digital Network. Latest show today, talking a little okra. I'm Chase Parham along with Jonathan Oliver, the executive chef of the Country Club of Oxford. We were we did vegetables a couple weeks ago and got all the way to the end and realized at that point that uh, we had skipped a favorite here as we uh, are getting going. So several different things we can hit on today with that. Several uh, different applications, a little history behind it too. Jonathan's got a legal pad over here in front of me, and all sorts of stuff. So we'll see, we'll see what he says today. But as uh, as we get going, just remind you that you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Rivals Chase. Follow Jonathan on Twitter at Oxford CC John. Also, as uh, we tell you, please uh, use our click through link on Amazon. It's on the site at RebelGrove.com. Also on all of our Podbean pages. There, um, cast iron table at or dot podbean.com, rebelgrove.podbean.com, and uh, after hours dot podbean.com. You can find all of our shows, all of that, and please uh, use that link. We really, really appreciate it as we go in today. So, uh, Jonathan, we've got a great day outside to uh, talk a little over. Yeah, it's pretty nice. nice out today. Thought it was going to rain. Kind of, kind of missed that boat, I guess. Well, I looked a couple days ago and it was, but instead we get the nice sunny day. Uh, what are you, what are you drinking on today? I have. Lucky Town Pub Ale off draft. It's a Mississippi beer. It is. Jackson. Uh, I think they're down kind of in the Fondren area. They just built a new facility. I think it opened in the summer. So pretty pumped about that. It's good. It it looks dark. Like it it is it's darker when you just look at it in the cup, but it doesn't taste like it. It don't no, it, it no, tastes like a summer light, beer. Yeah, it does a little lighter. They have it in a can that I thought was great, you know, for the golf course. Um Does it hold up in the can pretty well? Yeah, I mean, the ones I did sold pretty well. They just, you know, it's people out here, you know, Miller Lite, Bud Light, Coors Light. I sell some Shiner and Yenlings about as far as it goes. I think on the golf course, you get into something a little too heavy. You want nothing heavy at all on the Next golf course. Next thing you know, so. you're, you know, five or six beers deep and you're not playing good golf probably. Well, in this kind of weather, Powerade and water probably is, yeah, the, that's uh, all you need. is, is the way to go. So. Uh, let's talk a little okra. You've uh, got a different things laying down, and you, you were even teaching me a little history today. Yeah, um, well, it is definitely one of my favorite vegetables. I think right now they're coming through pretty hard. I get the uh, the Woodson Ridge. Um, they have a food truck that comes on Thursdays to us that we um, – they have a lot of Mississippi okra. I'm not sure if it's from their farm. They get stuff from all over. They pack it up that Wednesday or Thursday morning, and then they come out and hit all the restaurants in Oxford. They do it on Mondays also. Um, the okra that they had, I believe, was from Pontotoc maybe. Mm-hmm sounds right um and it was i did it two weeks ago it was great um it gets then they get some from alabama also that comes in it's purple 
Um, and I, yeah. I haven't seen that yet this year, um, but hopefully I'll be having some of that soon. It tastes a little better. It's a little, it's not as gooey. You know, it gets gooey if you do um, like fried okra. You know, you're you're putting it in buttermilk. You get that kind of gooey consistency from the okra because it's got so much starch in it. Um, and that's why they call it. It's the name of it's gumbo from West Africa, and that's where gumbo came from. You know, that's why we started adding that into our, uh, you know, down the Creole that brought it over the slaves from there, and then even over in uh, Charleston, the slaves over there in the the, you know, the uh, the Gullah style. That's what they were called over there. It's gumbo over there, and they were making stews. Um, you know, they throw it in anything from frogmore stew to stewed okra and tomatoes, which, you know, I've had them in both spots. You really can't beat the stewed okras. And they, they don't have as much spice in uh, Charleston, Fripp Island, that, that whole low country area as they do in the Creole area. That's the only little difference from those kind of from the same place, but went to two different spots and kind of used what they had, I think, in their, you know, in their area. You know, in the low country, you got a lot more shrimp and stuff like that. And then down on the – there's a lot of shrimp. There's just different stuff in different – on each different coast. You know, you're getting from Atlantic and you're getting from the Gulf. And they had the low country marsh area with the crabs and stuff like that. So they have a lot of different types of food that they used. And I know okra was probably in 90% of what they used – at least when I do go down there, um, there's a lot of good uh, good places that they do a lot of different stuff with. Yeah, the more you know, I had no idea okra was a translation from, uh, from yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of one of those uh, teach you something new today kind of thing. So well, that and the slavery brought it over. So yeah, they did. They you know it came over on the boats when they went over there, and you know that's a, there's a lot of our soul food, southern style food that came over that way. Um, you know from from Creole to to Fripp you know, low country, that whole little area, I mean, it was brought, you know, tons of stuff. Wasn't know, necessarily, wasn't necessarily what we were talking about today, but no. throw, throw this, throw this in the beginning. Well, yeah, no, I was going to go with for gumbo. What, what what do you like in yours? What's kind of a basic thing that you do when you I do, do Well, living in New Orleans, I, uh, kind of a short story. I had a buddy that we worked together at a restaurant and his, he was from Homa, Louisiana and his grandmother they lived down kind of past that at Cocodry, which is down past that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he asked me to go to a 4th of July cookout. And I said, all right, yeah, let's go. Let's go check it out. So we go down there. Um, it was, you know, they had a full-blown cookout. I mean, they had a whole hog going. They had gumbo going. You know, a lot of fresh veggies that they grew out. You know, you could see where they picked them from. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, you know, crabs, anything you can imagine eating in that area. Fish, redfish. Well, I get the the okra or the uh, gumbo I'm going through. I'm making a plate, you know, styrofoam bowl. Grandma speaks straight up Cajun French. I mean, I've never heard it like live. You know, that yeah. was the first time I ever heard it in person. She she just looked at me. She goes, you got to put the potato salad in there. And I'm like, yeah. what? What are you talking about? She's like, no, it's not it's not gumbo without a potato salad in there. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, let me try this out. So I, it's a big scoop of potato salad right yeah. in the middle. And the other guy, you got to make it the the color of your roux. You want to get it to like the color of Coca Cola. Yeah, dark, yeah. dark roux. I like the dark roux. You go light. Some people do, you know, when we were up at other in other restaurants, they'll do like a red kind of reddish color. Too much tomato. There's a fine line with me. I think the darker roux it gets more flavor. It doesn't thicken as well, and that's why they started putting okra in there because that's going to thicken your your gumbo up at the end. Um, but then they added the potato salad, so it was kind of the hot. The rice was still in there, and then it 
creamed into the yeah. potato salad, man. It was it's something that I do here, and I think a lot of people have kind of you know have really liked it when we do do oak gumbo. It's just me. It just it's it's a labor intensive process, you know, cooking roux in a big cast iron skillet for you know an hour. The potato salad used for that is mustard based, right? You can do either one. You know, it just depends I on what like you like. Typically, that's what I recall what from you've had. Orleans, yeah, I've done. Um, you know, I do like the. I like both. Um, just depends. Sometimes I'll add a little Creole mustard into my making of my gumbo. So if I do that, then maybe use the, the small mayonnaise-based uh, with the bacon in the potato salad. Mm-hmm. Put that on top. And then maybe add extra fried okra on top. It's kind of cool. We've done that. It looks good. I think that, you know, just presentation-wise um, is really cool. Um, and then you get it in there and all the little pieces from the fried, like heavy fried okra go into that. And it's crunchy and... It's kind of one of my favorite little we, dishes. We, we've done the really labor-intensive roux thing. I, I'll, I'll be honest, though. A lot of times that when we're doing forever. gumbo, we cheat and we do the get the blue runner base just yeah, out of the cans yeah. and mm-hmm. pour it into the pot. And it, well, it's done. You know, that's easy. I mean, why not? If you if you don't have if you don't feel like cooking for you know to make a really good gumbo, I'm thinking from start to scratch, on average is about. Cutting everything for me is probably about an hour and a half, and I'm making a bunch of stuff. And then it's not good, honestly, till the next day or the next. It, it tastes so much better, you know, as it goes. So, because all those spices, you know, the filet and all that stuff going in there just explode as you leave it in the cooler or in your fridge. Yeah, we probably look like idiots. We'll go to New Orleans and go to a Rouse's or something and just pack up on all the bases and stuff down there because you can't get it all here. I mean, no, it's no, it's harder to get a lot of it. So, mm-hmm. there's somebody that does the gumbo in the packet here. What is it? It's, uh, it's not my Michelle's, but it that you can order it already done, really? and you I can't remember what it who does it, but it's not bad. Got to hit a couple different ochre applications today. I'll, I'll tell you what we do a lot, and we we didn't mention this, is just grill it whole. Yeah. Um Put it on a put it on a plate. Just I mean, fresh wash it off. Kind of like you do asparagus. Or yeah, something. get it right out of the garden. Put like wash it off. Buy it store whatever, and uh, just put salt, pepper, and a little oil on it. Yeah, kind of roll it that around a little great. bit, and right when you're kind of finished with whatever your protein is that you're grilling yeah. for the day, throw it straight in the grill, let it char about three minutes yeah. on a couple different sides, pull it right off, and it sounds really good. It, it doesn't soften up, but then it's also not so hard you can't yeah. bite into it. It you gives just it a chewy. little crisp, and yeah. it's 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 a it's good. So I like the real basic. It's a cool thing way there. to do it. I think that's uh you know you could do it with a steak or you right know, if you do whatever you're doing on the grill. I think another way I saw it. When I was in uh, New Orleans, a guy did, uh, he blanched his and cooled them off real quick and kind of got the goo off of there. And then he split them kind of like you would do a, um, kind of like you would do a, um, a, a jalapeno. And he did it kind of stuffed. It's a little bit of cream cheese and he wrapped it with bacon and then grilled it. Mm-hmm. The okra instead of the jalapeno, that was cool. It was that, you know, it took a while. I mean, he had to, I think that day he did it. I'm sure he had to do how many ever many of those got ordered. I can't imagine, but um, you know, and then fried okra. I mean, you're not going to beat you know good old classic fried okra straight off the garden and cut it. You know, I'm 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 down with like a probably about an inch. So if you do it too small, you lose. You're eating mostly fried. You know, piece. Get a little okra on there, lightly breaded. I like back to the rice flour flour mix. I think that's great. Um, and then let it sit in that buttermilk and this kind of when you pull it out kind of get all the the buttermilk off of it before you go and put it straight in the buttermilk yeah well you you don't want it you want to get off some of the buttermilk off of it because the by hand you know you can kind of shake it over the over the over your your pot or over your uh, container you have it in 
because you don't want it to clump up as one big fried okra. You know, you kind of got to separate it in your mixing bowl. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to fry that in your little, you can do, you know, we used to do it in deep, um, like a fry daddy at home. Here we have, you know, a commercial fryer. It's a little easier, but, um, you know, and I was telling you earlier, I wanted to do a fried okra BLT wrap. Um, I thought would be good, maybe with some shrimp in it. Kind of like a, a, a gumbo, but, you know, like a taken away from the gumbo, but as a wrap. You know what I mean? So that'd be kind of neat. But when, when I'm just when I'm choosing the okra to begin, I mean, is there is there a certain size, color, consistency? What you, am I? What, what do I want when, when I'm just picking them? Yeah, either yeah. At the garden or the store. When yeah. I'm reaching through there to decide what I'm doing. We had a, um, last summer. We had a garden here at the club that was at my grandmother's house. She recently passed away, but we used it over. It was all south of Mar, so we had about. I don't know about 12 rows and one row we had to okra and it comes up i mean when it comes it comes you know you better be ready to pick it you don't want it to get it more than i'd say two and a half inches long because it just gets chewier i like the ones that are about you know probably about an inch and a half well i don't know probably two inches total you don't want to get it to three or four inches um that's where you want to pick it because they're going to keep growing you know that plant will keep going you can get a lot off one yield you know for a say a 12 foot um row i mean you can get plenty of okra for your season you know that you want and then you you what you want to do is come up with different things you know you don't want to eat fried okra every day mm-hmm. um which i probably could but i don't need to um you know pickling it stewed okra and tomatoes i know you don't like tomatoes but cooked you know yeah. boil your tomato what i think's good you know when they get in season uh, in the summer late summer there's not a better tomato around and around here so you know boil that tomato get the skin off uh, make your sauce, cook your okra down, make your sauce with your tomato, low heat. If you have a cast iron Dutch oven, it just works so well because the heat kind of is it's very concentrated and you can get it to where you want it. I think um, low heat, salt, pepper, garlic powder, onion powder. You know, I like a little bit of spice, you know, maybe some Tabasco. Um, you know, pretty basic because you also, again, going back, you don't want to disguise what you have been cooking mm-hmm. with a bunch of seasonings, you know. Um, you can always add some other things if you have better stuff at home, you know, a little sugar in there works, maybe a little brown sugar in there. Um, and that, that, that usually takes, you know, you could cook that for about an hour, hour and a half and get it. That goes nice with fish. goes nice with beef. I mean, it can be poured over anything, could be under anything. Um, it's just a good side item. I think, you know, it's kind of a classic old school, you know, granddad, you know, we had studoker growing up probably every two Sundays a month, you know. But as long as it's not too long, it's good. There's no there no other thing to necessarily look at as far as I think uh, uh, you know, and in obviously not you know um, eating with any kind of insects or anything. Okay. You yeah. want to check that out. I mean, you know that could sneak by in stores and things like that too. You got to watch. You know, always and always wash off your product. I, I, I strongly encourage that. Even if it's off the food truck, I always wash everything because you never know who touched it or where it's been. Is there? When you're doing the fried okra, is it just a timing thing, or is it when it looks like something when you start to pull it out from a doneness standpoint? Um, you know, I go a little long. Always the guys in the kitchen, then they start doing it for the first time. They kind of pull it early, and the breader comes off. I go a little longer than you always I always tell them, go a little longer than you think it's done. It's like the word of, of okra, you know. Yeah. go If it starts floating and it gets that kind of, uh, you know, almost like the color of this beer, kind of this, this amber-looking color to that, I think that's perfect. I like a little crunch. A little bit more fried than 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 the lightly you know than the 
the light fry because I want it. I don't want to pick it up and it fall apart, and I'm just eating the wet okra, hot okra. I want the whole shabazz. So, what about people that can it? <clears throat> Canon, you know, that's a whole, whole, whole other. Uh, you know, you want to. That's a whole other issue of pickling okra. You know, I think it's great with Bloody Marys. I mean, I love doing it on a nice sausage cheese plate. Get LB stuff, get some nice cheeses, have some pickled green beans, pickled okra, maybe some pickled tomatoes, and do that all on one charcuterie plate with, you know, some other other types of uh, sliced meats. Um, you know, canning's kind of a process. It's about a 12-hour, 12, 12 to 24-hour process, you know, from start to finish. Um, you're going to cook down your... Uh, first going to boil off your uh your mason jars that you get because mm-hmm. you want to sanitize that's big because if you get any bacteria in there you're going to do all that work next thing you know they're going to they're going to bacteria they're not going to be edible um and you can get a canning kit you know at walmart or wherever but you know simple way to do it's, it's to pot with boiling water mason jars lid tops you can get a, it, i know there's a whole section at walmart i've seen before that has each little individual item i think the most important one is the the jar tightener it's like three bucks and that'll tighten your uh your jars onto your mason jar when you're done so you're gonna boil that pull those cans out cool them down add your okra then you're gonna cook your vinegar um you're gonna cook your vinegar your salt your sugar um and you're gonna pour that over your okra then you're gonna you know tighten that can lid put it back in you know back into your boiling water for i think around just depends i think it's around five minutes or so mm-hmm. um and that's something you could look up a little more detailed on that but around five minutes then you're going to pull them out and let them sit and cool for 24 hours if your lid doesn't pop you know how the tops of uh, mason jar lids they have a you know they can pop up yeah, or down yeah. if it doesn't pop then you're you know you're safe the uh um it's perfect um and then it, once it's canned i mean you're good you, you don't have to go in the fridge or anything you know that's something I was telling you earlier we were we've been kind of cleaning out my that grandmother's house kind of it's up it's been there she lived there for 55 years or so and we went underneath the basement and she has numerous i'm talking about hundreds of canned green beans okra tomatoes they had the garden they had a the garden we did down there is kind of like we just did it because she was getting older wanted to kind of hang out with her she watched it she loved it you know for a little while but it was the same dirt that they used 25 years ago on the same you know so it was pretty neat so like going underneath and seeing all that stuff and then uh, a member out here uh told me the other day said you know that's some people think of that as like a gold mine if it if your can is not uh, popped up and 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 air hasn't escaped from it too much that's like a finding almost like an heirloom pickled um item which you know i don't know if i have the the cojones to uh test that out i don't know but uh, is it supposed to be good indefinitely they say that's like a gourmet item this guy was telling me like making you know with tomatoes they can make a jam out of like it could be an heirloom tomato that hadn't been grown in 25 years or doesn't grow anymore so you know it's been down there and if it's in the right storage i know under her house was a cold basement i mean it, it like today if i went down there it'd probably be about 55 60 degrees underneath her house um, which would be a perfect uh, wine cellar. <laughs> yeah, it would. But um, you know, it's it's they have all kinds of cool stuff. I love going through that. We've been doing that lately. Find a lot of treasures. But that was a neat part. Um, and we went down there years ago when I got married in '09 and got some of it. And funny enough, we did a lot of our own wedding stuff. We 
got the mason jar and did the the tea lights in the mason jar and hung them from trees so we went down there and got all her a lot of her mason jars and emptied it out cleaned them which i wish i'd have known that before you know about the the heirloom stuff but still i don't think i'd try it i don't know i don't think i have the the will to do it but we used them we've been using them if you did taste something at all what would what would it, what would make it taste good or bad? What would you be looking for as you tried to as an older one like yeah, that? I yeah. don't know. You know that's something. Or just that, it would make it bad or good. Maybe, no matter how long it's been there. I guess if you get sick, you know you're you're not looking good there. I I you know I really don't know. I think you know I told him I'd bring him a couple and he could do what he wants with it, but it's not for me if he gets sick. Um, but you know I just it just seems risky on my end with all the different types of bacteria and things that could get in your body i mean i sure don't want to go out on eating a canned veggie you know? i have a hunch you would know good or bad when i you think you would when it. you open that if it smelled horrendous you know i think you would uh you would definitely have a i'm not eating it you know so but pickle's not a bad idea just I mean forget the heirloom stuff but i mean just in general I yeah mean, yeah no. i mean pickling everything's great especially with you know these you know everybody in in oxford if you noticed they have little bitty flower, uh, box gardens or you know things that they like to do and it's a great hobby i think when you don't have you know a little bit of time on your hands i mean it's awesome to eat your own stuff and then if you do a, a row of tomatoes i mean you're so many tomatoes you can't even give away why not do pickle them all or okra or or you know butter uh, green beans are great um and then all that looks cool in here i would like to get more and do it in here right now i don't have to grow them because i can get them off the food truck and i can pickle my own which i should probably start doing when i get a little more space you mentioned the the, the tomatoes and stewed okra and things like that it, it, it from just how you prefer it is more of a side dish you were talking about like the the, the style or i mean to me sorry to me you could almost put it over rice or something and make I it the actual dish yeah, with you the protein could do the creole uh you know the um you know creole shrimp dish you could do shrimp in that with over rice in your stewed okra and tomatoes that would be one solid you know dinner um i think like a grilled shrimp yeah you could grill you could cook yeah you could make your side of your stewed okra make your rice do your rice down cook your shrimp add them into your okra when you feel like it's done and then pour that over your rice i mean that's a great dish there i think that would be fun to eat and that somewhat healthy you know i mean that's kind of keeping in that in those lines um you know i think even adding you could do kind of take it into another uh like an italian way and do you know kind of some a little bit of fish in there maybe some pieces of mahi if you had in your freezer pull that out thaw it out some shrimp, some crab claws. Do that with stewed okra over rice again. It's so interchangeable. You would think you could use it like a lot most other vegetables. I've never seen it in pasta, though. It's not something you ever see just like chopped up and thrown no. into any type of pasta dish. You know, I haven't. Maybe we should try that. Um, you know, I don't think it would be a bad thing in there. I think if you did, if you cooked it right, I think it would be cool. It looked good, too. And it would probably, th- if you were doing some kind of cream-based sauce, it would probably thicken up your sauce a little bit. When you're making that pasta, kind of like an alfredo. That's what it does for the gumbo. Yeah, right? that's what it does for you know a liquid. So it might help in those regards. What's your ratio on gumbo for vegetables to to meats? Um, you know, I'm making it forever. I just kind of, you know, I'm kind of an it. eyeballer guy, but um, I don't know. It just depends on how. You know, I like a lot of stuff going on. I want gumbo to be your full meal, right? You know, so um, you know the hel- the the heartier for me, I think the better. Um, you know, you can. The, if you do too too much okra though, it's it's 
really, really thick. You might have to add some water there the next day you heat it up just to kind of loosen up your, uh, your sauce. Um, but you know, I think that's a, that's a call that, you know, anybody cooking it should make. Are you yeah. a chicken and sausage gumbo guy, or are you a seafood gumbo guy? Um, I like both. I think chicken and andouille is great. Uh, I like it. I like the chicken pulled. You know, if you uh, instead of diced in there, I like to cook it in advance, steam it, boil it, or whatever, and pull the chicken. And then after I'm done with the gumbo base, I threw the pulled chicken in there because it's just a little easier for me. To, I like it like that. I don't know. It's just a little easier to eat. We almost kind of like everything as easy as possible. You almost could just take the chicken, put all the spices and stuff in it, and throw it maybe in a crock pot or something, and then yeah. shred it. Yeah, shredded in there. I like it shredded in there. I, I don't know. It's just just comes out better for me. I think it's I don't, it's easier to eat. You know, it's not as hard on your jaw or your teeth, and you can just kind of go at it. But um, you know, I like seafood in there too. I think it's cool when you go to New Orleans and you go to these places that have big crab claws coming out, and you eat those with the you know dipped in there, and you eat them, put them to the side, and then you go through and eat pieces of fish you know a lot of those guys are probably doing that as a special to get rid of some fish that they need to get rid of which is a great way to do it i mean it's not it's not like it's bad i'm not gonna serve anything bad but i do like i'd rather get rid of that product than have to freeze it or you know you know throw it away or whatever i'd rather use it into another situation could that work in for just the residential situation too where a guy's I mean, what, what could you maybe have you know eaten the day before and go hey i can throw this into a, a stew or yeah, a gumbo I mean, or something it's kind of where it came from is gumbo is a mix of people you right. know, it's a mix of everything i think a gumbo is the way you want it you know with okra and you can do chicken sausage um peas i mean can make a stew with beef i mean there's hundreds of different ways yeah i would i mean i'd rather eat something i paid for Instead of throwing, you know, I've had that. I'm done with that. If you change it up a little bit, it makes it like you're eating a whole new meal. Depending on how you're cooking it, obviously, is there a there there a drink that you would choose with some of these okra dishes um, more than anything else? You know, I don't know. You know, I've I've been kind of on the vodka tonic kicks lately. It's Why? getting that season. Oh, it's hot. It's getting a little warmer. It's the kitchen in here down here is getting really hot and sweaty. So I'll go home and have one, two limes. Two limes. Got to go. Two limes is my is my move. But um, I don't know. Um, you know, obviously a beer guy, but I think uh, you know that's also a preference of what you wanna, what you want. You know, in a wine dinner, you know, I've seen guys. I know they've done like ochre wine dinners. Um, you know, in Charleston, I think uh, the really? ordinary did one one year and it was really it was a hit. And they did what does that encompass? Five different courses with ochre in it. You know, and then with different wines. You know, I didn't go to it. I don't know what wines they use, but I mean, you could any wine will pair up with some stuff. I mean, you could you you can pair any food, I guess to say. Because you're pairing it more wine. off application than actual product. Yeah, right? if, if that wine had a fruity flavor in this, I'm gonna do something a little bit maybe sweet in in that you know with brown sugar in that dish, or if it's you know a little bit of um you know an aroma of like an aromatic. I'm gonna go with some kind of beef dish with okra in it, and then you know with fish. You know, any Chardonnay, and you could add a little bit of okra. You know, like I said, maybe the stewed okra would go well with that. I mean, it was cool. I think that's good. I think that's a fun idea. Like, the, a lot of people do tomato dinners, you know, do five different kinds of tomato courses. Um, right up my alley. Which are neat. Yeah, you you would probably not make it out of there alive. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I just uh, – I'm ready to get into our new facility. I know that so we can get into more of those functions you know wine dinners beer dinners here it's just a little tight um soon hopefully the middle of june if not sooner uh we'll be up there and can really 
I'll be sitting on the back porch next time, the real porch, looking over the driving range. Couple a uh, couple episodes ago, we talked uh, barbecue. Any update? How they do it, Memphis and May? Uh, they got. I think they got. They didn't do too well this year. I think they got like fifteenth overall. The year before, they did fifth. Um, you know that that's a just a hard one to do. You know, I think it's a lot. It's very political too. I feel like that that competition is. But they've been there a lot of years. I know they had fun. I talked to them. I was going to go up there on Thursday. I just with the weekend we had graduation this weekend and all that going on it was just a little tough but um they sounded like they had a good time i don't know why i was thinking about it you could probably take fried okra and put it on almost any sandwich or anything like that and add a little crisp fried element to it yeah or a salad you know a lot of people do it that's a good point um in in new or- the same place i went and ate with my buddy's grandparents they had a caesar salad and they did fried okra as the instead of a croutons, they did fried okra on top, and it was really good. And I've done that here, and I've forgotten about that. I have to pull that back out, but that's super. It is delicious like that. Or place croutons instead of the bread yeah. in there. Do fried okra as your as your bread on your Caesar. It's really cool. It's good. Hey, you can climb another vegetable too if you do that. A little healthier. Yeah, you know, then, than yeah, just, it's green. You know, some in there. It's green somewhere. <laughs> just like fried chicken salad, salad. So yeah. So maybe I should do that this weekend. That I forgot about that. I'm glad you brought that up. But um, that's a, it's definitely a cool, uh, cool dish, um, you know, and that, and that could be in your, if I did an okra dinner, that would be maybe one course, you know, and you could do your gumbo, you know, there's two right there, and then you could do your stewed okra, there's three, and then. Probably can't come up with a dessert. Uh, you know, it'd probably be kind of tricky, I'd have to get really, really creative or do a little research okra ice on cream. that. You know, everybody thinks ice cream, you know, bacon, I don't know about the bacon one, I just, I don't know. Kind of, kind of different. I don't know. I mean, I have to think about it. I don't, I, off the top of my head, I couldn't think of a dessert right now. So Your fifth course might should just be the Bloody Mary and you put the okra on it. Or a know. shooter, an oyster shooter, you know, maybe in the middle there with the with the okra, a little pickled okra in there to finish off. You can buy just pickled okra out of the jar. It's pretty good, too. Yeah, the, uh, the best pickled stuff is the Glory brand. Have you seen those? I don't know. It's like gl- Glory collard greens. Man. You cannot like you can make collard greens and do as much work as you can for them, but the I don't know something about the Glory brand. It's in a can collard green. It's phenomenal. Sometimes really? if we don't have enough collards and we get real busy, I'll add a can of that in there just to give it another you know whirl into our homemade ones, and it it adds a whole new flavor. It's really, pr- good. it's a pretty good brand there because you wouldn't just do that with anything, would you? No, not at all. Just pour it in they, the pot. They, just, and- they got it down pat, man. It's it's got a little bit of heat to it. I think there's two different flavors, maybe, but um, it's a it's it's the best collards I think, and and I don't buy collards in a can by any means, but I would use this if I had to, and I, I have used this if I had to. So, all those okra things today on uh, <laughs> on the show. You can always questions, comments, anything like that. You can email us rebelgrove at gmail dot com. I can pass on to Jonathan for actual uh, expertise on the topic. I can read it and then get his take on any of that. So, okra this time. We'll uh, be back with another episode shortly as well as we move on to some different food stuff, some gas coming up, all those different things here on the show with Cast Iron Table. So, again, thanks for uh, listening every week, using our uh, click-through stuff, and just telling people. So, if anytime you could pass it on, obviously word of mouth is a huge help with us, and we do appreciate that. So, uh, for Jonathan Oliver, Chase Farm, talk to you next time. Thank you, guys.